Tonight's episode is brought to you by the Be Real Podcast Network. For more episodes like this, go to brelnetwork.com. Enjoy the show. Fatality. Today on our show, we shoot the shit of boot, new legends of tomorrow images. Stephen Amell teases us a little bit about something, something. DC's four way crossover event, flash shit, fucking Luke Cage shit, Lance Henriksen shit, and a bunch more shit. Shit, shit, shit. Today on Basement Condition. Sweet Christmas. Nerds, geeks, freaks, and internet peeps, and welcome to today's episode of Basement Condition. Last time I checked, I'm Brandon. And I'm still Kyle. And it's just the two of us today, just going to be shooting the shit about a bunch of shit. And Ali is still in Spain and somewhere else, I think. He said he was traveling a little bit. Lucky bastard. keeps Somewhere in Europe. Keeps putting up photos, and it looks awesome, and I know he's having fun, and we miss him. I can't wait to hear about his trip, but... We are still going forward, so I think we should start with a little bit of movie news, because there's not very much, although it's not in my notes, but I read today that Ben Affleck confirmed that the name of the Batman movie is The, the Batman, Batman, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I like the way that sounds, and obviously he had to differentiate it from other ones if it was just Batman... It would be like Batman 89, Batman 2018. Batman B, no, uh, Batman year, what, no, uh. Yeah, Batman, yeah, you can't well, use you can't, year one. He's already, he's, he's experienced though, yeah. like he's aged, he's, you know, and you he's, can't use uh, the Dark he's Knight. been in it for a long time, yeah. Can't really use the Dark Knight Returns, because it's the first Batman movie in this universe, so it would just, a lot of people will be like, why is it called Returns? Mm-hmm. And also, he mentioned that he is quite a fan of the Batman v Superman movie, but he, very much like my opinion on it, he understands why people and critics didn't like it, but he liked the fact that it was so dark. He didn't really mention the whole killing aspect of it, no, but I would have sure. wanted to know his uh, thoughts on that part of it. Uh, what else? That's all the Affleck interview news. Oh, Disney announces another live-action adaptation. They're just fucking putting those out there. Have you seen any of the new ones? I have not. You haven't seen Jungle Book or anything yet? Nope. Me neither. (laughs) Uh, but so far we have the Jungle Book, Peach Dragon, which both of those I've heard are awesome, but... I, I was so I was such a big fan of the old Peach Dragon. Tarzan was one too, wasn't it? Tarzan one, uh, Cinderella, and soon they're releasing Beauty, Beauty and, and the Beast, Beast, Beast right. which I'm pretty I think is done. I could be wrong, but they've been showing commercials and, and shit. That's the one with uh, Emma Watson. Emma Watson, yeah, yeah. The Harry Potter. Hermione. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's going to be a Belle. Yeah, and okay. I can see that she's perfect yeah. for that role. I want to see Gaston or whatever. Gaston? Yeah. 
And I really hope... I don't know if they stick to the old plots of the movies. Like, I've never seen any of them. So, I'm pretty sure, like, Jungle Book is pretty close to the old animated movie. Yeah, I'm sure the characters are the same, but this more of a twist, I guess. Peach Dragon, I know, is different. That was one of the things they said before even releasing it. They Mm -hmm. said it was going to be more uh, modernized, I guess, but... Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Isn't Carl Urban, like, a ranger or something, trying to take him down? Yeah, I think they're trying to take the forest down or some shit. But... The big one, Jungle Book, has made tons of money. I think they made it for like $170 million, $75 million, and they made nearly a billion at the box oh, office. So, um, so now, Disney recently announced that Jon Favreau, who also directed Jungle Book, is developing a live-action Lion King movie. That's, so, like, my favorite Disney movie. That's so. a lot of people's favorite like... Disney movie. Favorite Disney movie. Yeah. It's one of their most popular movies, and because of that, this could be their most successful live action or their biggest flop, because that's just it. There's, there's so many fans of it. Because, I mean, b- before Toy Story came out, that was, like, everybody's favorite Disney movie, I'm pretty sure. Well, oh. I mean... I'm sure a lot of girls had, like, Little Mermaid or other, like... Lion ones, King and Aladdin were yeah, on my top. For sure. So, but, it, like, I'm just curious Well, it's obviously going to be CG. Off. Like, it'll look very real, but, like, the Jungle Book, I know they don't There's no lose. humans in it. That's true, so I guess it'll just be talking animals. Yeah. But that's just it. I hope they don't... <laughs> fuck around with the story and put a human in it somehow yeah but as well uh john favreau is apparently developing a sequel to jungle book which would make sense considering it made a billion dollars i don't know what they would base that off of i think there's a sequel to jungle book that just went straight to video i believe so i've not seen it but yeah that could be hit or miss in my book I'd be interested. I still need to see Jungle Book. And, uh, yeah, Tarzan as well. Luke Cage came out on Friday. That it did. Big fucking show. Everyone I know is watching it. People are... I know Netflix... Netflix. It's really... He's, <laughs> they're related to Bat, uh, Ben Affleck, but no. Um... They actually went down for a few hours on Saturday, and I don't know if it's because so many people were watching Luke Cage. That's what people are saying. To me, I would like to think that because I was one of those people watching. I know. I, know. I got home, and you were just sitting there with it paused. What are you and doing? I was it's not working. Quite as Jess would like to say, pertur- perturbed <laughs> at the matter. But I guess what can you do? I mean, it's Netflix, and if it goes down, it goes down. Yeah, and you just gotta wait. Gotta wait it out, bud. Mm. So guess who is a huge fan of Luke Cage? Who? Monsieur Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. And apparently, he is such a big fan and showed so much interest that at one point, he was going to do a movie after Reservoir Dogs. But instead... Oh, sorry. In a recent interview, he... uh, with Yahoo, he said, I had even considered, after Reservoir Dogs, doing a Luke Cage movie, but I ended up doing Pulp Fiction instead, so I think I made the right choice. I kind of wish he did both, because if, like, just by watching the TV show, 
the whole dark grittiness of it, mm-hmm. he could have done a really good take on that. Yeah. So if he could have done both, I would have preferred that, but I guess I'm happy now because the show's there. And I wasn't, I didn't even know much about Luke Cage, which we'll get to that in a little bit. So it made no difference to me until the show. <laughs> oh, some TV news. No more movie news. It's getting, it's getting to the end of the year, so... Our this TV week, shows are finally coming back. Tomorrow starts. Fucking Flash kicks it off. I think Arrow is on Wednesday. Don't quote me on that. I don't have it in front of me. But New Legends of Tomorrow images were released online. I think of the first or second episode. And they showed full-on images of the Justice Society of America. Oh, I believe I saw that somewhere. Yep. Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, the season one finale ended with uh, the team being confront- confronted by Rex Taylor, uh, a.k.a. Our Man of the Justice Society of America. Uh, it's been confirmed since then that the Justice Society of America will be in season two, obviously. And now we have been treated to images of the full team released by the CW via TV line. The images show us close-ups of the members, and they look pretty fucking awesome. They're, they look like old-school uniforms, but they don't look bulky. Like no. When I hear old-school uniforms, like superhero-wise, I think of like the old Captain America and like Flash and that, those really bad costumes. It looks like that, but actually fitted. Like it's very, they're very bright colors. Mm-hmm. I really like them. Uh, that starts October 13th. So that must be next week. That sucks. I don't want to wait another week. But in the images, we see Dr. Midnight and Vixen, Stargirl and Obsidian, Commander Steel, Our Man, as well as the Legends of Tomorrow themselves. And what it looks like they're in some sort of 1950s uh, clothes because they're wearing like old gangster suits and like fedoras and shit like that. Yeah. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited for all those shows, man. Just to see how Flashpoint, because I just thought of it too. If Flash is starting them all, I think Flashpoint is going to be the first little chunk of like everything. Oh, yeah. Whereas before, it probably would have been Arrow because it's been on longer. Well, it used to be Arrow, mm-hmm. didn't it? I believe so. Every I'm pretty sure everything almost stemmed from Arrow. Yeah, well, everything stemmed from it, but I, the order they played them but in. But yeah, I think it was Arrow, no? Speaking of Arrow, Stephen Amell teases fans of possible Deathstroke return for 100th episode. Ooh, I would like to see that. Oh, fuck yeah, bud. Stephen Amell recently posted two photos on the Twitterverse, the first showing him standing with David Ramsey, Diggle, and a figure in between them both who has been greened out. Instead of white out, they, they used green. Mm-hmm. And then in the second photo, we see Stephen Amell sitting on a park bench with Deathstroke sitting on (laughs) right there beside him. Uh, Wouldn't come as a surprise, though, since other characters like his parents as well as Laurel Laurel Lance, a.k.a. Black Canary 2.0, have also been confirmed to be in the 100th episode. So I think that'll... still yet no Tommy. I I still think he's going to be the fucking Prometheus guy. Yeah. Because I thought it was going to be Rory at first, but then I'm like, well, he's already been a douche and turned bad. Like, if they did that again, it'd be like, come on now. Yeah. Plus, I don't see anything for him to be pissed at, because 
he was only pissed before because he, he had the uh, Miraku Miraku ruin him. So yeah, actually, see, yeah, I remember you talking about your Tommy theory. Lazarus Pit, right? I hope so. Yeah, I never know, never know. And speaking of the hundredth episode, which will pretty sure will take part in this, the DC's four-way crossover event, villain and inspiration have been revealed. Uh, EW recently reported that the crossover event will be loosely based on the DC comic book crossover storyline Invasion, which was released in the 80s, and therefore the heroes will be facing the alien race called the Dominators. I'm excited. I've never actually read this comic before, but apparently it's about these aliens called the Dominators, and they've put together an alliance with a bunch of other species of aliens to invade Earth and kill all their metahumans, pretty much, except secretly they're stealing all of their powers in hopes to create their own army of metahumans without the other aliens knowing or obviously the humans or know. yeah or basically interfering with the uh, dark dark seeds uh like i guess goal or plans yeah cuz i think at one point later on the other aliens find out that they're trying to build their own army so they join the humans and go against them mm-hmm. and of course superman leads leads people, which is cool because he's going to be in Supergirl. I'm pretty sure Martian Manhunter had a big role in it. And I really want to read this now because one of my favorite artists worked on it, which is Todd McFarlane. And it looks pretty badass. I'm quite excited for this four-way crossover that's supposed to be like three hours long. Pretty much a movie for these shows. Oh, yeah. And just in case people don't believe me about this snippet of news, I actually have a little quote from Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow executive producer Mark Guggenheim. He recently explained. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm going all professional right now. This is a quote that he said. Lay it on us. This year for our mega Arrowverse crossover, we're taking inspiration from a DC crossover from the late 1980s known as Invasion which featured an alien race called the Dominators, which previously vexed the Legion of Superheroes. We're using cutting-edge... Oh, 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 where'd I go? We're using cutting-edge prosthetics and computer effects to achieve a feature film quality look which is faithful to Invasion artist Todd McFarlane's interpretation of the characters. I think I just that got a little hard. pretty sweet. I felt it move. Lie. I felt it move. I'm not gonna lie. I like... The fact that they say that they're using a lot of prosthetics and computer effects. Because uh-huh. I hate it when shit is just... Just pure just CGI. Just CGI diarrhea all over the movie. Or show. Or show. Matter. Well, shows can get away with it sometimes. Because it's just like like Gorilla Grodd in The Flash. That could be a lot better. But it's a sh- for a TV show, it's pretty fucking good. And then you have Ghost Rider... Which they must just have money. At, well, of course, it's Marvel. They got money out the wazoo, so that just looks incredible. Mm-hmm. It could use a little bit of tweaking, but this invasion shit, I'm looking forward to it. Everything about it sounds awesome. And they have so many good characters to be a part of it now with all the shows. I hope it starts soon. 
Well, it starts tomorrow with the flash, but I don't, that's not the four-way. Anyway, new flash images also confirm return of Jay Garrick. The return. The return? Yes. The CW released a gallery of photos, just like the ones of Legends of Tomorrow, Kyle, of the upcoming season of The Flash, Episode 2, which feature the return of Earth 3's Flash, a.k.a. Jay Garrick. His fucking suit's awesome. Yeah, I like it. I thought I liked the old school one that Zoom was wearing, like in disguise. Yeah. That looked like the comic, but then when I saw his with the bolt going up the middle, fuck, it was so awesome. So that's episode two, which is going to be in fucking next week. Oh man, lots of DC TV news. I got a little bit more Legends of Tomorrow news. You don't say. Yeah, I do. I'm going to say it right now. You know who Lance Henriksen is? Mm, I'll alien, know when you tell me. Alien movies. He he's the he's always the robot. Yeah. Okay. He's going to be playing an older Obsidian, and confirms rumors that in season two of Legends of Tomorrow, we will be introduced to two versions of Obsidian. The older being played by Lance Henriksen. In a recent interview with ComicBook.com, he confirmed that his character will be the son of none other than Green Lantern, Alan Scott. Now, put your boners away, because there's no Green Lantern yet, but the Arrowverse loves to hint at it. It has done so in the past. It always... It mentions Coast City a couple times. I think they do it in, like, the first or second season. Uh, there's talk of a pilot going missing at one point, and mentions of Ferris Air, which has to do with Green Lantern. But that would be cool if they did bring Green Lantern in it, but I think he's going to be in the DC movies... Because I still think they're going to pull out a random character in the Justice League movie. Because they say unite the seven, but in, with Superman, there's only six people. So it's either like Martian Manhunter, or Green Lantern, or Shazam. Or Shazam. That'd be wicked. Because aren't they trying to get a solo movie for him? I think so. Because I keep hearing shit about The Rock being, uh, what's that character's name? Shazam. Captain Marvel? No, what's the bad guy in Shazam? Oh, uh... Adam? Black Adam? Black Adam, there you go. I don't know if that's confirmed that he is Black Adam. I, I've i never actually looked into it, but, you know, that'd be awesome. And I think that's it for fucking TV news. Not a whole hell of a lot. Everything's getting so close that there's not really much news. It's just time to start watching shit, pretty much. There's no video game news, which is kind of a bummer, but there is a little bit of comic book news. DC's Batman Beyond Rebirth introduces at a re the return of a classic villain, but that falls under news as well as our next segment. So should we just use this to segue into our next segment? We shall. Let's do it. What you doing? What you did? What you got slash done? And I guess right now we're gonna start with the Batman Beyond Rebirth issue number one. It was pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I'm gonna tell you who wrote it though because that's the polite thing to do. Batman Beyond Rebirth issue number one, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Ryan Sook and colors by Jeremy Lawson and Tony Avina. Titled, Escape in the Grave, Part 1. Es 
Escape in the Grave. Title says it all. It does say it all, Kyle. And I kind of fell out of touch with the whole Batman Beyond series because at one point during the Future's End story, uh, the brother I that you always hear about is like about to take over the world. And I think Bruce wants to go back in time but ends up sending Terry or Terry goes instead and they think that he dies and Tim Drake ends up taking up the mantle of Batman Beyond and then there's a whole series with him as Batman and I'd never read that because I didn't really enjoy it or what's the word I didn't agree with it I liked Terry as Batman and so this comic starts out with the Joker gang and they're trying to steal a bunch of kids basically because they're trying to make money they keep mentioning that they need money and Batman comes crashing in starts kicking ass and he looks really badass but I don't really like his eyes yeah I don't get why they're always red like that I don't I don't mind that they're red but they're really big like they seem too big for his head like, they're supposed to be a little smaller, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the shape is just kind of off. I don't know. And, yeah, I think it is too much red. Because you got the red on his belt, the red on his wings, and the red on his chest, and then his eyes are just a little bit too much. But he comes in, he comes kicking ass, and starts thinking back at the time when he basically met Bruce while running away from a Joker gang. Finding out that Bruce is Batman, and Bruce, because he finds the Batcave, Bruce kicks him out, he goes home, and he finds out that the Joker's killed his father. So he goes back to Batman, and says, like, you have to be Batman again, deal with this shit. And he's like, no, no, I'm not doing that. So he steals the suit, and does it himself. So they find, he takes down this Joker gang, and the police are handcuffing him, and he's talking to Barbara Gordon, the new Commissioner Gordon, and... He starts hearing laughter, and he looks over, and the Joker gang has, I uh, I guess, chewed on, like, a poison capsule, like, in their, uh, one of their teeth or something, or... In the back molders? Yeah, because they start having the Cyanide Joker... capsule, yeah. Yeah, they have the Joker venom in them. But it's weird, because as they're laughing, it's like, ha-ha, help. So I don't know if they did it on purpose. But Batman pretty much, he, uh... He almost suggests, like, oh, is the Joker, or is he maybe really, and then Barbara's like, the Joker? No, he's been dead for years. Then it cuts to Dana, who is now a social worker in Joker Town, where all the gang hangs out and shit, and she's going to this old lady's house, and she's like, oh, come with us, we can help you. And the fucking cop that's with her gets knocked out by a fucking spring-loaded boxing glove. That was a hard one to think of. And, of course, it's a couple jokers, and they end up kidnapping Dana and throwing fucking money at the old lady because the bitch sold her out, even though she's trying to help her. So she gets kidnapped. Motherfucker. And I actually really enjoy the art in this, too. It's very... It's simple, but there's just enough detail that it's good. Like, really... The only thing I don't like about it, though, is there's not a whole lot in the background. Like, just color yeah i like it when there's like landscape and whatnot so after she's taken it cuts to terry unpacking shit with his little brother who i think knows he's batman 
and this is when Terry's told that Dana's been taken, so he grabs a box and pulls out the bat suit, which kind of weird that you just keep it in like a random <laughs> you take packing, thing home with you <laughs> packing box you'd think it'd be in like a suitcase like if uh, it looks like they're unpacking like they just moved yeah so you'd think you'd have it locked up or not in a cardboard box shit gets miss it goes missing when you move yeah, i know what if your basement has a flood or something oh fuck so he flies off to rescue dana and he actually gets into a fucking fight with a giant fucking joker that looks to have some sort of canister on his back, pumping him full of what looks to be Bane Venom, because he's fucking huge, fucking big guy. He kicks the shit out of Terry, and then it cuts to where Dana's being held by someone who she already knows, Carter Wilson, who now goes by the name Terminal. She says, why the hell have you kidnapped me? And he's like, I didn't want to kidnap you. Someone else gave us that order. And spoiler alert, it turns around and looks... The last panel is the Joker. And he's hooked up to a buttload of tubes. And he is jacked. And at first I kind of thought maybe it was like Bane Venom as well or something. But this is supposed to be future, like a futuristic Batman, and a lot of the futuristic takes on the Joker, he's always kind of jacked. Like in The Dark Knight Returns, you don't really see him, but his build is very like V-shaped, and it looks like his, he's got a big fucking shoulder span in that. Mm -hmm. And then it says definitely to be continued, and I'm excited for this series, I'm not going to lie. I've always been a fan of Batman Beyond, except for when Tim Drake took over the fucking mantle. But that was just kind of weird. Overall, I'd probably give it a... 8 out of 10? Did you like it? I didn't mind it. I wasn't, I wasn't too big on Batman Begins, even when I was younger, growing up. Beyond. Beyond, sorry. I said Begins. I mean, I watched, uh, I obviously watched the movie, like, Joker yeah. Returns or whatever. Which this comic kind of reminded me of, but not in a way where the Joker is, like, turning someone else into him. He's just there, and they're trying to revive him. Mm -hmm. But I also think this comic is perfect for anyone who wants to get into Batman Beyond, mm -hmm. or was maybe a fan before like me but fell out of touch because the whole tim drake fiasco this just starts it right fresh starts with a little origin story brings back a classic villain gets you excited and you're good to go you are golden but it's the time of the show that i've kind of been dreading because i don't know we have two more comics to review one shitty and one good should we start with the shitty and end with the good one? Or yeah, should, yeah, let's just get the shitty out of the yeah. way. Detective Comics, written by James T. Tinian. Sorry if I said that wrong. And Steve Orlando. And art by Andrew T. McDonald. And this is the Night of the Monster Men Part 3. Unfortunately, it's not the last part. I really had high hopes for this story, but it's just kind of meh. Kind of dragging, almost. Yeah, like, 
This this part was better than the last ones, I will admit. Lots of gory shit going on still, but I just don't understand. Like, you think there's these monsters taller than the fucking buildings themselves growing fucking never-ending heads out of their bodies. You'd think Batman would come rushing in with, like, a fucking bat fucking tank or his bat robots or something. They're riding around on dinky motorcycles. So far, the bat wing or whatever is flying around proved useless. And Well, yeah, it was just a little jet, though. It wasn't even, like, the bat wing. It's just a tiny little thing. And then, of course, Nightwing and... Gotham Girl are taking care of all that business and, uh, what? Blackie? That's the one. And of course, she's going fucking loco and she won't listen to Nightwing saying, you don't know what the hell these things are. Stop ripping them apart. And she finds the little mother monster, which is this giant, ugly fucking spider thing. And of course, she rips that thing apart. And they end up turning into monster men. Keep it down there, PlayStation. And, of course, all the people in the cave are still getting all pissy and moany, and they got that red goo, and then they... They're fighting each other. Fighting each other, and then they start talking about cutting grass and how that has to do with the virus, and how it's, like, communicating, like, through the, like, airborne, and they have to heat up the environment so that the, the virus can't communicate. Or else I guess all these people will turn into monster men. But, oh yeah, one detail that I left out. There's one part where one of the uh, jailmates mentions to Nightwing, Oh, you're bleeding, meaning he's cut. And I guess that's why they turn into monsters quicker. But you'd think that someone in those caves that are hiding right now would have a hangnail or something. And someone someone's going to turn into a monster. Mm-hmm. But also, they haven't mentioned the hurricane that is supposed to be coming. It doesn't look like it's raining anywhere. Or... Oh, yeah, it's raining in one panel. Okay, my bad. It's raining in a few. Just raining, though. Like, I don't know. I'd... I had such high hopes for this. Hopefully, they can turn it around in the next few issues, but just seems to be half the team running around after the monsters, half the team taking care of the evacuees. Evacuees, yeah. The art's good, but once again, the backgrounds are kind of meh. When it's in the city, it's good. I really like the art. Nightwing looks badass. Yeah, I was just going to say, he looks looks cool even when he starts turning. And I don't know why, Gotham Girl kind of reminds me of like a superhero 11. Just because of her shaved head. And she's kind of got those kind of superpowers. Except she's not like telekinetic or anything. I don't know. Overall, maybe... Four, maybe five out of ten. I'd give it a five out of ten. Yeah, five out of ten. To be fair. Yeah, I guess we'll be fair. We'll be nice. Because like you said, we had high hopes and expectations. And then to me it's just kind of... The monsters are badass. It's just kind of dragged along. It hasn't really progressed from the second volume. Yeah, just kind of like... All it did in this volume is kind of go between each teammate to see what they're doing. But they're still just doing the shit that they were told to do. 
Like I feel in this the last could have volume. been in the other one, you know? Yeah. And I think there's three parts to this left. I'm hope I don't know if they can pick it up unless it picks up next issue. Like get on it. Let us know what you think of this Monster Men storyline if you're reading it. Because, I don't know, the art is so cool, and the monsters are creepy as shit, and it's perfect for October, but the story is so, eh. Yeah, 5 out of 10. We'll be nice. We're Canadian. But last but not least, Teen Titans Rebirth, issue number one. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, it's written and drawn by Ben Percy and John Boy Mayers. And this is the series where Damien is going to be taking over the role of the new Robin. Well, he already has, but he's taken over the leadership of the Teen Titans. I don't know how they're going to feel about that later on. Well, especially after this issue. Because that's the first thing you said when you finished it. So it pretty much goes through... Is there just the four members, I guess? For now, it looks like. Starts off with Beast Boy, and he's throwing a party, and he's DJing. And he starts flirting with a girl. And he has a really weird way of flirting. He, like, turns into a cat, and he's like, look, I'm cute. He's very childish. Yeah. And then he finally gets her into a pool, and then turns into a big fucking shark. Like, nay, 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 nay. Like, that was a scary-looking shark, too, and I don't yeah, like yeah. sharks. So yeah, she's yeah. like, you're an asshole. She leaves. Wah, wah. And then he gets shocked by a mysterious figure. Then it goes to Starfire. What's, do you know what her deal is? She's like, uh... What What do they call her? What does she call herself? Uh, she looks mystical. She's from another planet. She's like an alien. She has something... Um, Tamaran. She's from Tamaran, I believe it's called. She has a little love interest with uh, Nightwing, it looks like. Yeah. So, she's chilling on a beach. And some dude grabs this kid that's... There's a kid making a sandcastle. And then some dude runs and grabs him and starts running away. She zaps the dude. He falls. And then she gets zapped herself by a mysterious figure. And she gets zapped hard, like, so hard that it shows her skeleton. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that's because she's so mystical. She's an alien, yeah. Well, yeah. I kind of wish it showed more of her backstory a little bit. Just because I don't know a whole hell of a lot about this Teen Titans. I get, they're very much like the Teen Titans TV show, aren't they? Yeah. Next, we're up in New York City with Raven... She looks like she has some dark-ass powers. Yeah, well, look who her father is. Who's her father? Uh, Trigon. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, she's in, like, a museum trying to rest her thoughts and all this shit. And then she comes to this painting of, like, this demon. She gets all scared and starts running away and... <whistles> she gets hit by a dot. Fucking dot. She's got fucking dot in your neck, man. Fucking... Fucking dark. You're crazy, man. I, I love you. you. But you're crazy. But you're crazy. So yeah, she's down. And then of course it moves on to Kid Flash. 
and some punk steals a bag or something from a store and he flashes on over, takes the bag and returns it and of course the cop and the store man are blaming him for it even though it wasn't him, very much not him. He starts speeding away. Why does he speed away again? I think he just starts fucking running somewhere and he runs into like a little robot kid that ends up being a, I guess a bomb of some sort, which gasses him and he falls. The dummy, yeah. Yeah, a little dummy. A little dummy bomb. They wake up, well, shows Beast Boy waking up and they're trapped in this like... Invincibles. Remember the movie Invincibles? Kind of like that. Yeah. They're chained up. Beast Boy's like, oh, let's get out of here. And he tries turning into a monster. And it's one of those scenes where they're about to tell him, like, oh, we've tried that already. But he tries it and it electrocutes him. And they say, oh, if we try anything, it electrocutes you. And then finally, lo and behold, Damian Wayne, a.k.a. the new Robin, steps up and says, You're probably wondering why I've brought us all together. And that's the end. And he's holding some big fucking beast thing on a chain. And I'm not gonna lie, I completely brain farted and didn't even think that it, w- it was him through the whole... <laughs> until, until, like, the last panel before that. I was like, oh, duh. But I almost think he's kind of showing them that, like, I can be the leader, too. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think they would... He's very overconfident. Well, look at his... Uh, Grandfather. Yeah, I was going to say Tormentor, but his mentor... Mentor, Tormentor. <laughs> was, yeah, Ra's al Ghul yeah. in the League of Shadows. So he was brought up to be the next Ra's al Ghul, but then he was given over to Batman. The thing that's missing for me is... Well, I mean... I have to think for originality or, like, founding members. And when I think Teen Titans, I think, like, what I see, you see on the TV show. And whatnot, Isn't Cyborg and like, on the Cyborg's TV show? Cyborg's on the team, yeah. Well, he's on, he's in his own comic. I know, now. I know. They've made him older in this universe. He's part of, like, the Justice League and stuff, which is kind of a weird transition. I never even noticed it until I saw that show on TV, and then I remembered he was part of the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was weird seeing him in, like, war and stuff, and, like, well, how yeah, he, he comes replaced, to be and uh, becomes a member on the team. He replaced Martian Manhunter, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Martian Manhunter was badass. Oh, yeah. And he kind of brought that alien aspect to the team, because they're always fucking dealing with aliens. Mm-hmm. All the time. And that's just it. Like, he can go through things, he can translate, like, thousands of languages and he can can he like chameleon into things like, well yeah just be people well yeah he can like shapeshift and i really like but the art face through things that's what's cool yeah it was soap and flash bitch soak and flash no nah, they're both cool in my book i really like the art in this though this has a lot of detail in the background mm-hmm. Man, i like the colors Especially with Kid Flash when he's running. I love how they bring the electricity alive in some of these comics. It's the only... Kid Flash is the only costume that I like with yellow. Period. Like, any other costume I hate. 
I don't like his costume. You don't like Wolverine's costume? I like the brown and yellow more than anything. The blue and yellow, I couldn't care less for. Huh. Like, uh... But if it yellow. wasn't going to be yellow, what else would you pick for it? I can't see him being I anything can't. else. Just a black suit like the movies? No, not even. Do you just like his rugged look where he just has jeans and like a wife beater on? And his hair just in the Wolverine? No, I just like his brown and yellow. That's still anything. yellow. That to me looks like a ripened banana. <laughs> he was originally like, their original suits were the blue and yellow. Or were they black in the comics first? I believe it was blue and yellow. Well, that's probably where his suit came from. I still would have liked to see an interpretation of that in the movies, though. Other than just seeing the mask at, in that deleted scene. Yeah. Because that mask looked badass. Like, it would have been cool if he, like, went to the airplane bathroom and, like, squeezed <laughs> into it or something. I don't know. That would have taken away from the feel of the movie. But that, that movie sucked anyway. Uh, overall, Teen Titans Rebirth. Eight out of ten? Eight and a half out of ten, maybe? I kind of wish they did more, maybe, story on each character, only because I'm not familiar with, like, Raven and, what was it, Starfire? Yeah. Like, I know Kid Flash. I know a bit about uh, Beast Boy or whatever. Is it Beast Boy? Yeah, Beast Boy. See? Mm -hmm. See, I know my shit. I'm interested to see where it'll go, though. Like, if they'll do any crossovers with, like, the Titans or anything. Because that's where the other Wally West is. There's two Wally Wests right now. Don't make me explain that. No. I can't. That's like trying to explain the whole Superman shit. Mm -hmm. I just stopped reading them because it was... New Superman with powers. There's but a Clark I mean, Kent without powers. With all that's given already in the DC universe and the multiverse and comic books and shows and like I always go back to Young Justice and stuff like that but I mean Teen Titans can it's like X-Men or any like Avengers it can, it's a team that can just grow and add members and I, I think they will and I hope they do like when it comes to like archers and stuff like that like Artemis from the show or whatnot, or like um Speedy's and Blue Beetle right? yeah Speedy but that's yeah, Red Arrow, who becomes Arsenal. Okay, Speedy becomes Arsenal. Mm -hmm. And then who's Artemis? Artemis is the, like, the Green Arrow archer. He's another Green Arrow? Yeah, but it's a girl. Oh, right, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I still gotta watch Young Justice. Mm -hmm. Uh... But yeah, I think, do you think Blue Beetle will continue having his own solo or would be becoming part of No, uh, I think Teen he's Titans? he's going to have his own solo series. I'm not big on it. I, the story was very... Well, yeah. even, uh, yeah, just even in Teen Titans versus Justice League, that team of Teen Titans, Blue Beetle was on it. Yeah. So I'm just wondering why. Well, that's why I wanted to give now. the comic book a chance because I knew he was a big character in the show and... It was just very mm -hmm. mediocre writing, especially when they're trying to bring... I guess he's not a new character, but he's not very popular in comics. 
he's popular in that show right now. So I was hoping they would kind of bring him in with a big bang, and it was yeah. just kind of mediocre. This week, I'm excited. Another Green Arrow number eight comes up. Lots of number eights. We got Aquaman number eight, Batman number eight, Cyborg number two, Green Arrow number eight, Green Lanterns number eight, Harley Quinn number five, Justice League number six, Nightwing number six, and Lady Killer number two. I'm excited for Nightwing. I'm yeah. really enjoying that series. And I'm not saying that just because Nightwing's one of my favorite Batman family characters, even though he is. Uh, did we watch anything other than what we're going to talk about? Um, I don't believe so. I can't say that I did because I know that I just binged Luke Cage all weekend. Yeah, I think it's time for our special segment of this episode, the Luke Cage segment. Um, we've said before... I didn't know, we well, we didn't know much about Luke Cage before this show. We only knew him through, uh, basically, like crossovers. Basically, when I started, yeah, getting really big or heavily into comic books or graphic novels, it started with, like, the road to Civil War and Civil War, and I know Luke Cage was in Civil War, and then after that you had Secret Invasion, which he was a part of. So he was, like, I guess you could say, like, a part of like the new Avengers and yeah, he's and on always the in all the bit. big events, Marvel events. He was always there as one of the frontline members fighting Which makes the good sense fight. You with know, his yeah. attitude and his how he's very for the people, mm-hmm. and like he's got a lot of respect and he looks up to Captain America, so he's always willing to fight uh, alongside Captain America. Well, whenever. These Marvel... Sh- well, not Daredevil, because I already knew a lot about Daredevil, but, like, Jessica Jones, when that came out, mm-hmm. I went out and I read all the comics and stuff. So, I figured, rather than doing a full-on just review of the show, because a lot of people I know haven't read many Luke Cage comics, we would kind of do a bio of all the main characters from the show, but their comic counterparts. And then we're going to compare those to the characters in the show... And see where, like, if the characters are actually who they are in the show. Like, Stryker in the show is Luke Cage's half-brother. I like to know if little things like that are true or not. Because I know they always tweak little things like yeah, that. And I'm curious to see who this, like, Shades character is. Because, yeah, I, he, yeah that, I don't know him. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he was in uh, Sons of Anarchy. I was happy when I saw him in that. But, like... I never knew Luke Cage was from 1972. Like, he's been around. And his first appearance was in his own comic, Luke Cage, Hero for Hire. Uh, it was created, be, created by Archie Good, Goodwin, John Romita Sr., and George Tusca. And I guess this is why we see him in a lot of team-up and big event comics, because he frequently teams up with people like Iron Fist... Uh, Jessica Jones, Avengers, he's obviously part of the Defenders. He's been around for a while. And I like it too because they actually showed his classic costume in the show in his origin. So it was kind of like the first thing he wore as a superhero. Yep. And they also kind of hint at the whole hero for hire. 
I think through the whole entire show, though, that was my one little, like, nitpick, is that they mentioned that so many times. Every time he would save some, save someone, it would be like, oh, you should, like, do this as a hobby, or a business, like, you should be hired Let for this. Let me pay it's you like, for yes, your service, know. hero for hire. I don't do this for the money. <laughs> oh, he will. And I like how the show didn't have, like, it had one big plot, but there was, like, th- almost three parts to it. Like, Cottonmouth, I thought he was going to be the main bad guy. Mm-hmm. And he dies off, like, just three a little... quarters of the way? Yeah, maybe halfway, I'd say. And then uh, Diamondback? Mm-hmm. You hear his name, but I thought maybe he was going to be in, like, the next season. But he just comes right out, and he's got history. And the one thing I like is that all these people kind of grew up with the same circumstances and the same, obviously, home. But I like that the fat, like the whole meaning of the show is like, you have to do what you do, sur- like what you can to survive, but at the same time... Oh, what am I thinking? trying to think of? Not rules, but you still need to have respect for your family and yeah. the people who have gotten you there and stuff. Yeah. And I thought that Honor. was really cool because, like, it shows Pop and how he had a really bad past, but he got by it and he tries to help kids in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then you have Cottonmouth, who was who grew up with Pops, who went the completely different direction and just got bigger and bigger in that whole underworld, dealing drugs and guns and shit. But then later on, you even find out that he could have gone a different way. But he had that aunt that was crazy and wouldn't let him do piano in school and shit. So I liked how that aspect of it worked. And then later on, they even expand on that more with Luke Cage and Stryker. They both grew up in the same kind of circumstances, but because one was on one side of the family and one wasn't, like... Yeah, he... It's like... It reminds me of uh, Thor and Loki. Yeah, except Stryker's more of a dick and just wanted mm-hmm. to just wanted to kill him. And will make him torture torture him and suffer first. Yeah, with that suit he had and shit. That suit was badass. Well, even the whole framing him and putting him to jail and putting him through all that stuff, and then. So I did find out that I don't think Stryker is actually. Luke Cage's brother, because from what I've read, he was in, like, the first run of Luke Cage comics, but died pretty quick. So, that was kind of a cool little twist that they did. And then Cottonmouth, he was kind of, he was a drug dealer. Uh, He had hired Muscle named Mike and Ike, which is awesome. Uh, Cage, Luke Cage actually worked for him, um, to actually get proof that he was framed by, uh, Cottonmouth's friend, Willis Stryker, so it is the same guy that framed him. Yeah. They just twisted the story around a little bit. Then later on, Cottonmouth apparently becomes a pimp. Those nice striped pants. Damn. 
So yeah, a lot of the characters are very very similar to their comic counterparts, but they just kind of twist the story a bit so that they intertwine a bit more, mm. which is awesome. I like when they they change the story just a little bit, just enough to make it more interesting now. More believable, I guess. Yeah, realistic. And then, of course, you have Misty Knight, which I knew about, but I didn't know she was... I don't know if she's part of Loot the Luke Cage comics. Uh, she was first in a Marvel premiere, number 20. And I think she's just another character that just teams up a lot. She, I know she's been in, like, X-Men, uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, which came out later when I think Luke Cage wasn't doing so well, like, uh, sales-wise, so they teamed him up with Iron Fist and made their own uh, series. And what I found cool, too, what I read on her is that she is a cop, like, in the show, but... At one point, she loses her arm. Uh, I'm not sure how, but she resigns from the police force, which is cool because in the show, she gets shot in the arm, and it's actually in an artery, mm -hmm. which isn't good. Like, that's, no. that's, what that's they like, say, amputatable. Yeah. But I don't think that'll happen in the show because it seemed like she was fine by the end. But at the same time, when the paramedics were trying to fix her up, she was, like, walking off. So, you never know. But that could just be hinting at it. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. And it's funny, of course, the person who builds her, she gets a robotic arm later on. And it's, of course, fucking Tony Stark that builds it. Which I, I wonder if they would mention that. Pardon me. In the show. Like, if she gets a robotic arm, I wonder if they would actually mention Tony Stark making it. Because they do they always mention... They a lot of the incident and... Yeah, they mentioned it a lot in Luke Cage. Like, they did a little bit in Daredevil and Jessica Jones, but not as much as this. Like, there was the guy selling DVDs on the street. Yeah, and someone footage. mentioned, like, Iron Fist, or not Iron Fist, Iron Hammers and stuff yep, like that. Yeah, they mentioned the hammer. And also, the Night Nurse was in this series a lot more than the other ones. She actually has a love pretty, interest. Pretty big role she's, in She's this, kind yeah. of a slut in the superhero. D didn't she sleep with Daredevil? I, I'm pretty sure she did. Or maybe not. No, I don't think so. I think she just helped him. And gave really good advice. and pushed Okay, him in the maybe, right maybe, maybe I'm, I'm being a little mean. I still like her anyway. She's an awesome character. She's kind of like the... She's almost like the Alfred for all these superheroes mm -hmm. because she's the only metahuman who really knows who they all are. So she's the only person they can all really go to. Not the only person, but like the one main person. Because she knows all three already. And I'm sure she's going to be part of Iron Fist in one way or another. What else did you like about the show? What? I thought it was brutal. Like gory as shit like i thought daredevil was bad when fisk rams the guy's head into the door well but cottonmouth some of the sh like the one where he's just pounding on that guy for like a good few minutes in his office and even the guy in the, the background very first just episode like, yeah yeah no, it Ooh. was very much like i guess you could say 
well, not that I've read any, but from what I've heard is that he's true to the character, that he sticks and he works close to the streets, and that, I mean, at first he wanted to, like, run away and hide it and not let anybody know until Shit Pops, starts to yeah, go down. told him to go forward and... You know, he saw that people really desperately needed help, and then that's what he did, and he basically cleaned up Harlem. And, and it left a lot night, of unanswered yeah. questions, too. Like, he's on his way to jail now. And, uh... Just the whole, like, yeah. It was, like... The fact that uh, all the gangsters, like, couldn't take a hint, and... Oh, I thought that was trying, funny. And then, hey, kept, like bend their guns in half and roll them up and stuff like that and uh when he met like the wu-tang guy that part was awesome yeah, that was so jokes. it's you no man it's you <laughs> oh man i'm sorry but that double that's xl double xl where are you man <laughs> yeah i think a lot of the soundtracks wu-tang too the soundtrack was awesome even all the scenes in like the club it was very like it was almost like a, like a was, mafia movie. That in it to me is it, it. It had that feel almost to like you're watching it now, but it seems like it could have been shot or done in like the '90s or something. Even yeah. like that get '90s gangster feel, you know. And I like how everyone, all the main characters, had a really well thought out origin. And how they all intertwine, like I said before. But it doesn't leave... Well, with the origins, it didn't leave any unanswered questions. Like, I didn't expect to know so much about Cottonmouth by the time. Of course, they killed him off, though, so it kind of made sense. Yeah. But even with Luke Cage, like, it, he mentions how he gets his powers. So you're like, oh, that's probably that, all that. But then there's, like, a full episode where they show you how he's getting his powers... And then later on, they show you, even before that, with his uh, half-brother and how it led up to him getting his powers. Like, it just kept going further into his origin. Yeah. I love that. And, actually, yeah. Uh, not not Cottonmouth, but... Uh, shades? Not Shades. Uh, Diamondback? Diamondback. The fact that he's just, like, one of those guys or villains that looks you in your eyes and will mercilessly kill you with a smile on his face. Oh, they picked the perfect guy for that character because just his face just has that Mm -hmm. sinister, like, blank look to it that just looks like he's he's about to kill you. Mm -hmm. And then then he even says, like, oh, keep it up. I'm enjoying the hunt or the chase or whatever, like, you know. Yeah, when he first encounters him, mm -hmm. he's trying to shoot him with that fucking, those alien bullets that explode inside him. Yeah. That was crazy. Because it's like the writers sat down in a room and were like, so how can we make this interesting and how are we going to answer the questions that people are going to ask? Like, when someone tells you, oh, I'm going to be watching Luke Cage. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's a superhero who has superhuman strength and his skin is impenetrable. Oh, well, how's that any fun? Like, how are you going to defeat that? They thought of that. Fucking bullets that go in you and then fucking explode and we're from, like, another planet. Yeah. 
<laughs> Great show. If you haven't watched it yet, definitely check it out. It is on Netflix. Hopefully it won't go down again. But I'm really excited. I think the next one is Iron Fist. And then... They're supposed to be doing Defenders, but they keep coming out with more seasons of other ones, so it's hard mm -hmm. to tell what's going to be coming. Yeah. Because, uh, well, I mean, Daredevil did so well, and they're thinking of a third season, aren't they? Well, yeah, that Punisher, Jessica Jones, is getting a second season. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Luke Cage will get another season, well, I'm whether sure it's it before or after Defenders. Yeah. Or and maybe they're planning on having the Defenders get him out of jail, like... And I like that. Sorry, going back to it. I liked how it started off and it, they got right into it, kind of with who the bad guys were going to be. Yeah, it was and right. And they brought up, like, Fisk and stuff and how he went to jail and, like, the They're not gonna the cousin, the female, what was her name? Maria or whatever? Or, oh, I forget. Like, uh, the councilwoman or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. She was always, like... And she oh, gets about crazy family, but yeah, yeah like... Because in the beginning, she's all like, you shouldn't be dealing drugs, and we should be doing this by the book, and then near the end, she's like, oh, well, yeah, I think the, she was pushed. this gun does look good in my hands. <laughs> oh, you the crime boss now. Plus, she's in the club. Like, she always told him, like, the club was a stupid idea, like, such a waste of money, you're supposed to give it back. So you'd think she would close the club down, but no, she just, she's sitting in his seat now. Yeah. Overall, where would you rate it? So you got Daredevil Season 1, 2, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. What order would you put them in? Uh, well, I really... Uh, okay. I really liked... I really liked the first season of Daredevil, so yep. that... And I didn't get all the way through Jessica Jones, so it's kind of hard and not fair. But I want to put... The first half of Daredevil, then Luke Cage, then Jessica Jones, then the second half of Daredevil. Okay, I'll let you have that one, only because I understand why, and I want to do the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. The whole Elektra thing is cool and would have worked and been fine. If it was a full season. But it, it could have been done, like I said, like, shortened in two episodes. Not, like, four or five episodes of the whole season, and then, like... Really? Well, if they were going to do that many episodes, they should have just done the whole season about that and done it more in depth mm -hmm. rather than just, okay, well, we have these Punisher episodes done. What are we going to finish it with? And it was just kind of very slow and... Oh, he's going to run away with her and, and leave Hell's Kitchen. It's like... Bull. Like, come on. Like... Even though when she shows up, he's very skeptical at first and then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I'll leave with yeah. her. It's like, mm, I don't know. And I didn't find the last fight to be all that epic. Or... Everything epic in that season was in the first half. Yeah. Like when Punisher, when Fisk sends him down the in the jail, mm -hmm. down where the cells are, and all those guys just come out, and he just fucking <laughs> gets covered in blood from beating the shit out of them. Yeah. Awesome. Or when Daredevil's doing the one-shot scene down the stairwell, awesome. But if I remember back... Well, even their fight scenes, awesome. Oh, God, yeah. But even, like, if I think back to season two, I can't even really remember much of the second half. No, no. Because it was just, eh. 
Well, I think I watched it twice because the first time watching it with you, I was kept like dozing off and shit. Yeah, I'm hoping they pick it up again in the in the third season. I think that would be close to mine too. Daredevil season one. I don't know. I might put Luke Cage next. It's hard to say. No, I th- I think I'd go with here list. Well, now you make me kind of rethink mine. Luke Cage was really it, I really it enjoyed was, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, Daredevil, Luke Cage, first half of Daredevil two, Jessica Jones, and then. Second half, and then Devil Two, crap, Daredevil that probably never watched those episodes again. Maybe, maybe way, way, way down. But, but yeah, I just loved the grittiness of it. How everything intertwined so perfectly, and I think I like it so much too because I didn't know much about the characters, so it's very fresh. Like Daredevil was good. But I knew, like, his origin story, they did it so well and so to the point that it was like, yeah, I knew that already. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it was a Batman origin story where it's like, I've seen that a million times. I've only seen it once. Yeah. But I don't re- even remember the origin from the Ben Affleck. I think it was very close. Sprayed in the eyes with acid or some shit. For what? Daredevil. Oh, Yeah. But even from the comics, like, I already knew that origin, so with Luke Cage, it was just like, I don't know shit about this guy, except for that he's part of the Defenders later on, and he marries Jessica Jones, like, way later on, and they have a kid, but that's after the Defenders, and by that time, he joins the Avengers and shit, or the, yeah, the Avengers. Yeah. Or I guess the new Avengers, or the Ultimate Avengers. The new Avengers, I guess he's... Canadian Avengers. Always going to be a, like an honorary member of the Avengers, even if he wants to go back to Harlem and just do the street things. Well, you were saying there's a new... Is he retired now, or is there just two Luke... Or Power Mans now? Or is no, there just, Luke Cage and there's Power Luke, Man? There's Luke Cage and Iron Man, but there's this new kid who's calling Who just himself goes. Power Man. But I think it's just because he's got that suit or a suit that's like the one Similar. that Diamondback uses in the show. Oh, okay. So he doesn't actually have the powers, he just has a suit? he's just got a suit. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that, I didn't... There's been three Power Man, including Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that, I thought he was just the original and the only. But yeah, that would make sense, because whenever I've seen him in crossovers or big event comics, it's always Luke Cage. They're not like, oh, there's Power Man, like... yeah. But yeah, and I think because of that reason that it was so fresh, anyone out there who doesn't even like giving these kind of shows a chance, I would give this one a chance because it's it doesn't feel like a superhuman or a superhero show for the most part. Yeah, and if you want that, like, I guess if you're into like the mafia or gangster drug trade thing, and guns then yeah, and... give it a shot. All right. I think we should move on to our last segment. Alrighty, Rue. I think Luke Cage should get a round of applause, though. Round of applause. A three, two, one, go. Random fact of the week, Kyle. That's what that's what that means. Yeah. That sound you heard. That's what that means. Awesome. It's that time of the show. 
Random it's fact. M- it's my turn. And because it's October, I thought that I would do a little little Halloween-themed random fact for you. Awesome. Yeah, about one of our favorite actors. Halloween? But he's not an actor in this little bit of information. Did you? Are you curious yet? I'm very Are curious. you on your toes? A Halloween one. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. On April 12th, 19... No, sorry, 21st. Apparently I can't read right. Nope. April 21st, 1990, Arnold Schwarzenegger directed an episode of Tales from the Crypt <laughs> entitled The Switch. Uh, the episode was about a wealthy and elderly man who subjects himself to a rev- revolutionary new treatment in order to please this bitch girl... And unfortunately, becoming young again turns out to be very expensive, and he finds out that she's looking for something else completely. So, spoiler alert, it's actually really messed up. He goes to this girl, he's like an old man, he's like, will you marry me? She's like, no, you're too old. So he goes to a doctor, and the doctor's like, it's however many million dollars. And he's like, okay. Makes his face look young. Goes to the girl, I guess they, they're fooling around or something. I haven't watched in a while. But she, she sees his legs, and she's like, oh, your legs are too old. So he gets the same thing done to his legs. Keeps doing it until he's pretty much the guy that's donating parts of his body to him to become rich is now him. Like, they're just completely switched. So the last time he goes to the girl, she's with the old guy for his money. Mm-hmm. So it's just that ironic. like Yeah, I've seen that. I know what you're talking about. And if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure he even does the little intro thing. You know, when the Crypt Keeper does, like, a little laugh and then giggles? I think Arnold Schwarzenegger does the intro. I'm definitely going to watch it uh, this year for Halloween. But that is our Halloween random fact, because it is October 3rd, one day before the Flash, bitches! But for now, it's time to get to our shout-outs of the show, uh, we are very fortunate to be part of the Pottern family community on Twitter. If you're ever in search of a new podcast, all you have to do is go on Twitter and search the hashtag Pottern family, and you are good to go. You are golden. We're going to do a couple shout-outs from the Pottern family today, and the first shout-out is going to go to the Comic Noob Show. I listen to this podcast Every time they put out a new episode, they are a comedy podcast recapping the most important, most fun, and most iconic comic stories from Marvel and DC Comics. And they are part of the GWW Network, which stands for Geeks Worldwide. You can find them on iTunes. I'm pretty sure you can find them pretty much on any podcast app or podcast finding software. I've got them on iTunes. And if you like comics, check them out. They're one of my favorite comic book podcasts. Number two on the list is Epic Film Guys, also part of the Pottern family community. They strive for funny, well-produced content. They're so much more than just a film podcast. Home of the Lisp and the Hopster. I like these guys because they have a little hotline and they do characters and it's just fucking entertaining and I'm always laughing and people are looking at me at work wondering what I'm laughing at, but it's okay because I'm enjoying myself and their podcast. So check them out. But that is it for us. If you want to check us out, which 
I would assume you're already doing right now if you're listening to this, but you can check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you enjoyed the show, please rate, subscribe, and review because it really helps us out. It brings our podcast, uh, it makes it easier for people to find it who are just kind of searching around on iTunes. So if you enjoyed it, show us some loving. Spread the word. Spread it. Spread it like that peanut butter on your your PB&J sandwich. Fucking spread it. Anyway, we're obviously getting a little tired because we're just pulling shit out of our ass. So we're going to take off. So have a good one. And as always, stay mint. And don't you forget to tune in for our next episode as we go over our top five video game franchises. Same basement, same condition, same podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the Be Real Podcasting Network. For more episodes like this, check out BREELnetwork.com. Fatality.